Hey. That's an ugly ass word. words of Judy Brown. Happiness is a choice, and we're happy you're spending some time with us, Chip and Zay, on a wild and woolly Wednesday. Uh, 26 days to the Sugar Bowl. And Zay, um, first of all, how you doing, my man? How's it going? I'm good, man. How you doing? Really? Like, I'm really great. good. I'm great. Again, not looking forward to tonight's game. Hope Rodney Terry's team shows me something. But as he just said, 26 days away from the Sugar Bowl in Texas, having the chance to get to the national championship game. So, yeah, that's making me feel very nice. Very nice. How about you, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, what up, CB? From one CB to another, CB, Chris Bennett, greatest volunteer producer in the history of radio. The history of radio. I'd like to think that CB started in Austin radio with me and Sean. I'd like to think that is true because now everybody claims CB, but I'd like oh, to think right. that he started off, you know, back in the day. Yeah, um, when I was getting in the game, I'd tell CB this all the time. I feel like like he's helped me so many times where it's just early morn and you don't really have anything that you could like, you know, trying to build up the energy to find stuff on just a random day. And it's like five in the morning and CB somehow's up already, even though he's in the Pacific Northwest. And the dude just constantly on Twitter putting out good stuff. I find something from his page and I use it for the show that I'm on and it ends up being a great bit and stuff. So yeah, CB, that's my guy. Chris Bennett, you're a legend, brother. Look at that. He says, yes. 2007. Damn. 1530 ESPN radio, me, Sean, David Anderson. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, everyone else in radio, you're welcome. Right. CB has, I mean, I I say that, and I'm not kidding. Greatest volunteer producer in the history of radio. I mean, look at that, Zay. He's helped you. He helps me all the time. He helps all of us. All um, folks, yeah. <laughs> Sean like, always wonders why, why the guy CB is the reason why I found the Aaron Rodgers thing yesterday. Because CB was out retweeting it and talking about it. And I was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers throwing up horns down? Okay. This would be great to talk about. Still petty and salty about not making the Rose Bowl, but ended up losing to Texas Tech in their bowl game anyway. All right, cool. I'll take it. So, yeah, it's it's still happening, man. Gotta love it. Oh, yeah. Jason says, CB, probably the one guy I want to buy a drink and chill with. Oh yeah, yeah you'll man. You'll never meet him. That, that's one thing. I'll you'll never meet him. Yeah. I'll I feel like Trey Ellings tried really hard to meet him and CB. He's good with not just being, you know, behind the scenes. I'm cool with that. He's Kaiser cool. Sose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, right. I'm good with it. Yeah, man. Um, CB, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. Um, all right. So, Zay, um, Anthony Hill. I don't feel like we've talked enough about Anthony Hill, freshman linebacker for the Texas Longhorns. He was the number one rated linebacker in the nation 
in the 2023 recruiting cycle out of Denton Ryan. And he committed to the Longhorns. And this was the dude I was most excited about. He and Derek Williams, because Derek Williams' nickname out of high school was the Raptor. Yeah. I'm we need to check in on that, see if it's still the Raptor. Because, you know, Deshaun Elliott kind of changed his nicknames. I thought he had, like, he was the Kraken coming out of high school. And then he he changed it to the Joker. And, you know, I was, like, one step behind. One time I'm interviewing him, I'm like, you still going by the Kraken? He's like, no, man, no one, no one calls me that anymore, man. It's the Joker. I'm like, oh. Whoops. Uh, but, <laughs> but Anthony Hill, leading tackler in the Big 12 title game, Zay, uh, forced to fumble. He, I didn't realize this, he went to middle school with Ollie Gordon. So there was some jawing on the field between those two. And it was all in fun, Anthony Hill said. But uh, yeah, Ollie Gordon, who went to Euless Trinity, and Anthony Hill, who went to Denton Ryan. Uh, went to middle school together. But when I say Anthony Hill, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Uh, intensity. You know, a kid that's fearless, a kid that's the moment's never too big for him and that's gotten better week by week. And obviously his coming out party was in that Alabama game where he was all over Jalen Milrow just as a spy, him going to the stands and looking at the crowd saying, this is my shit. Like the dude just, he's well beyond his years. And he definitely deserved defensive freshman of the year in the Big 12 because I, every time he hits somebody, like it's a big time hit. Like I'm surprised that he hasn't had any targeting calls because the dude that's kind of shows his you know maturity the fact that he could control all that intensity and be as physical as he is but not get flagged really now he gets flagged every once in a while for sportsmanlike conduct stuff but you like that though you know like the flag that he got what game was it was it tech he got a sportsmanlike call against tech i think and i love david benda one of the uh, pressers, he talked about, yeah, we got to kind of tame Anthony Hill down just a little bit because he gets a little turned up. But again, you got to have guys like that on the squad. And by year by year, he's going to get better and better. And the fact that, you know, I felt like at the beginning of the season, there were times where you know, he might have had too much on his plate. You go back to the Wyoming game where the Horns gave up that big time run. That was Ant Hill's fault. But again, he's going from spying on Jalen Milrow one week to playing alongside Jalen for the other as more of a traditional linebacker, you know, he just as an edge rusher at times. Like they move him around a lot. So I think just him getting better week by week, watching film week by week on himself and the opponent, understanding what Pete Kukowski and now Nevada head coach Jeff Choate want from him and going out there and showing that. Again, his confidence is out the 
roof right now. And I love the way he's been playing and the fact that he's the second leading tackler on this squad behind Jalen Ford as a freshman shows why it was such a big deal when the Horns flipped him from College Station. Yeah, and and you think about the fact that he's replacing DeMarvin Overshown. And Overshone was the second leading tackler on the team last year behind Jalen Ford. Now, Anthony Hill. And that was Overshone as a fourth-year player. Anthony Hill's a freshman, and Hill has more sacks than Overshone had last year. Um Overshone had 10 tackles for loss. Anthony Hill has seven and a half. And um, Anthony Hill doesn't have as many batted passes or broken up passes as Overshone had. Overshone had four. Anthony Hill had two, but he has more quarterback hurries. And obviously he has that forced fumble. Um, neither one of them had interceptions um, that, you know, so you look at that and you say, man, this guy has just taken to it. And and if you think about the fact that he was sort of a situational pass rusher at the beginning of the year and evolved into the starter weak side linebacker, um, you know, about midseason is when he kind of started getting more snaps than David Benda. But Anthony Hill can do different things, as you mentioned. I mean, you can put him up on the line. You can, you know, he's their highest rated linebacker in pass coverage, which is not, none of their linebackers are what DeMarvin Overshone was in pass coverage because um, Overshone was so long and he would lay out to break up passes and, um, but still, that's saying a lot because Mo Blackwell is a former safety and he's higher rated as a, you know, pass coverage linebacker than than Mo Blackwell and Jalen Ford. So the bottom line is he's not a finished product and he will tell you that. But look at how far he's come in year one. And it's so funny because. When I was talking to him after the Big 12 title game, I said, you know, do you think this was possible? And he's like, you know, I, I thought we could build something here, do something special. And he said, now that we've done this, this is the standard for my next couple of years. Like, couple of years he's a yeah you know, three, and, three and done three yeah, and he's, done. he's already three <laughs> he's already three and done zay yeah i don't yeah, blame him done. right yeah i love the stats compared to demarion overshone because he took his number and ran with it like it wasn't like agent zero one no punk like demarion overshone I wish he was healthy to play for the Cowboys right now. We know he tore his ACL, but that dude coming from a safety to a linebacker, 
the way he did, like we saw him struggle at that just natural transition that you would have moving positions. But once he figured it out that last year, oh my gosh, man, the dude was a menace and he was able to go crazy. And you're right. The fact that Ant Hill's doing it as a freshman, like he's a leader. Talking about this as the standard, like that's leadership to me. Because, again, Jalen Ford, he's gone this year. So you're the man now. And, like, you're the man. You're the one that's going to be calling all the shots. You're the one that's going to be making sure guys are in the right position. Now, if you're Pete Kwiatkowski, you know how versatile Ant Hill is. He can't always do that. You're going to have to put him on the line, move him around. A lot like what um, they do with Michael Parsons, with Dan Quinn, with the Cowboys. So, yeah, I think he could be that type of player. I really do. Again, that's why he had so much hype coming out of Denton Ryan. Like, the dude has that Michael Parsons just vibe about him that he's so much more athletic than 90-something percent of the field, and he just does things that you've never seen before. Like, it's that just peanut punch in the Big 12 championship game, the fourth of fumble that Ethan Burke jumped on, like the instincts, like that's the getting better stuff. That's the, okay, I'm so comfortable with knowing where I'm supposed to be at on every single down and being in the right spot. Now I could just go play football. Because at this point, once you're 12 games in, 13 games in, that's how it should feel. Like there, yes, you change signals and, you know, you tweak things from week to week. But all in all, you know what you're supposed to do as a defender and an offensive player during this time of the year. If you don't, you're not playing. That's just what it is. Like coaches don't trust you, especially with all of that's at stake. Coaches ain't going to trust you to throw you out there if you don't know your assignment. So Ant Hill, he clearly does. And now he can just go play freely and not really have a care in the world and just play that fun, you know, physical football that he grew up playing as a Pop Warner kid. And you're seeing it from week to week, man. I I love the dude, like the dude. And he has a baby face too. He looks like he's still 16 years old. I'm like, how is this dude this just ferocious? Like, it's not adding up to me. He looks like a baby. He looks like a church kid. You know what I'm saying? And then when he puts that helmet on, it's like, shit, that dude, that light bulb comes on, that switch gets flicked, and you see a different guy out there. And Even Steve Sarkeesian said his tackles look and feel different. And... Oh, yeah. I mean, he picks up people and throws them down, and that forced fumble, some of those tackles on Ollie Gordon. He had Ollie Gordon frustrated. He had his middle school buddy frustrated. (laughs) And I can't wait to see how they use him in this Washington game because, look, that's – I just would say dictate as best you can to the Huskies. Don't don't react to the Huskies. So I know they're going to do more than just have him shoot gaps to rush the passer, but I need to see him in that role a bit. You know, he may be the guy who, uh, I mean, he may be the guy they just move all over the place. I mean, he could be up on the line one second. He could be you know, the spy on Dylan Johnson, the next, and 
who knows, but he's going to be in the middle of it all because that's where that's just where he ends up. And I said to Jalen Ford, you know, to talk about Anthony Hill's progress. And he was like, dude, he's already a star. And he's like, I hope he's better than me. If he's not, I'll be disappointed. And he goes, I just can't wait to see this guy where he's going and, and what's going to happen next. Because the cool thing, Zay, is Jalen Ford's a dog, but he's not that in-your-face bad cop, whereas Anthony Hill, he'll get after you if I, – I see that in his DNA that he's going to be a guy that's like, come on, man. Yeah. You got more than that. And and that that's what they need. You need that in your middle linebacker position. You need that dog who's on top of it all. So, um, yeah, Ant, Ant Hill's that guy that will fight someone in practice. That's who yeah. Ant Hill is. If you piss him off, like, damn, you being my teammate, yo, this game's physical. Don't do anything that's going to piss me off. Do anything dirty or after the whistle. If so, I'm going to let you know what's up. Like, I won't be surprised these upcoming years or if we just hear stories about this team and practicing, you know, year on years out and stuff because there is a story where Casey Stuthered and Mike Griffin got into it. And Casey Stuthered let you know, I think he got a couple of good shots on my guy, Booyah Love, Mike Griff. So it happens. It happens to the best teams, to the best teams. One of the best teams in college football history, that 05 squad team. They were fighting in practice. Griff, so, if you're listening right now, text, yeah. text us. And let's yeah. get the, let's get the yeah. 411 you know, on lie. this. He owed me $1,000. He's been lying about that for t- almost 20 years. But anyway, yeah, man, like Ant Hill's that type of dude. <laughs> call him yeah i feel it call him but um yeah jalen four i think he's understands his leadership like he can't do things like that he can't cost teams like unsportsmanlike penalties or, or things like that like he knows better and he, he just has so much responsibility him and johnny baron just making sure everybody's in the right spot and everybody knows the plays and stuff from down to down but yeah ant hill he's gonna He's going to have to figure out more of that leadership role, especially when 41 leaves because, you know, Jalen Ford, to say something like that, like, dude, you should have won Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year in 2022. Like, for you to say, yo, if he's not better than me, I'm going to be upset. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on the dude, but I know exactly what he means. Like, Jalen Ford was, what, a three-star coming in, Ant Hill, five-star, so... There's a difference there. It took Jalen Ford a couple of years to figure it out. Ant Hill, he's doing it year one. So that that's, you know, that's what he means there. But man, it's it's been a thing to watch. Like when you before the season started, you would hear Ant Hill was just a, oh, he's a good rush guy. You know, that's kind of what all the players were saying. Like they he's a really good rush guy and he has a lot of potential. And now Look what they're saying about him. Like, he proved to that team and the coaching staff, like, yo, yeah, I'm a five-star, but y'all are going to see why. I'm for real. And, again, once he figured out the playbook and stuff, man, <laughs> sky's the limit from you. He's the third highest rated tackler on the team, according to Pro Football Focus, your favorite. That's my shit. Third highest rated tackler 
on the team. Believe it or not, Ryan Watts is number one. Interesting. Yeah. And Terrence Brooks is, is number two. Let's go, T. Brooks. We're locked in, baby. We're locked in. Once you finish finals, dog, we're locked in. We're locked who's, in, man. Who's just That's getting focused? Focused. He ain't scared. He when was I was just saying getting earlier, focused. he ain't scared. He's focused. He knows this matchup. He knows this makes his career. I've been seeing people in national media talking about, oh, if you're the defenses for both sides, this ain't going to be good draft tape. Damn that. This is what you want for draft tape. If you're somebody like Terrence Brooks, Malik Muhammad and stuff, remember Derek Stingley Jr., his freshman year of LSU? He only played like three games after his freshman year, but now he's making big time plays for the Texans and stuff. And you saw how for real he was early because they were playing against big time players in Alabama, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. He had those guys locked up at times, you know, like all you need is a couple of big time plays to swing the momentum, big time deflections on third down, not letting those guys get open or get into their spots. And when they do catch the ball, take them down immediately. No yards after catch shit. None of that stuff could happen in this game. So this is what you want as a player because everybody's doubting you. That's all we talking about. We're going to be talking about that for 26 days. This Washington wide receiver group versus this secondary for the Texas Longhorns. That's Main focus of what we're going to be talking about. If you're Terrence Brooks, Malik Muhammad, Jaron Thompson, Mookie Tav, Keaton Crawford, like all those guys, that pisses you off. That pisses you off. You yeah. that's, that's why you play. That's why you play, to prove people wrong like this. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like some of the ESPN guys on that uh, college football selection show, Immediately picked Washington. Mm. I think Greg McElroy and RG3 picked Washington because they don't trust Texas's pass defense. And yeah, you got a month to let that sit in your your belly. See how it burns. Yeah. And then let's see what uh See what kind of fire. I'm just 15 bowl practices, baby. You can you can get a whole lot better in 15 bowl practices. Oh, everybody's getting bulletin board material for the next 26 days. Everybody. I'm letting Quinn Ewers know. Hey, everybody, Michael Penny's going to New York. You at home with us, bro. They say he better than you. Which Penix? Yeah. They say he better than you. This and that. He going to go higher in the draft. People saying that you should come back in 2024 because they think he's going to be better than you in the draft. What's that mean to you? If I'm quitting yours, that should fire you up to know that you're not the best quarterback in this game. That should piss you off. Because, again, Texas has a lot to prove. I don't look at that line in Vegas. What is it, four and a half, five points right now, Texas's way? Yeah, man, nah, don't look at that. Please don't look at that. Because there are too many things that Washington does great that everybody's talking about. And like you said, all those national media guys that are doubting Texas right now, good, good. Because Washington, they feel doubted too. Like nine and a half points against Oregon last week. <laughs> all right. Like you took that. You took that with ease. 
that was an easy call for you. You know, like Washington. Yeah, man, Kalen DeBoer, that squad, they play they play a different style that a lot of teams can't handle. But again, like I'm going to keep saying this for the next 26 days, they ain't see this type of defense in the Pac-12, secondary or not. That front seven, we're just talking about Ant Hill and stuff. They for real. They for yeah. real, for real. Yeah, for real, for real. Like every, everyone's like, oh, this. I'm like, listen, Texas's defensive front can play with anybody and will keep them in games. I think this game is right in line with what we saw with Oregon. I think it's a 36-33 type of game. And if Texas preps the right way, it's going to be Texas. You know? And I think Quinn... I think Quinn Ewers is just getting going. He played his best game against Oklahoma State. Should be uh should just be peaking. All right, let's let's bring in our man. Two-time Mr. Universe. Kid from Compton who went on to become what? Mr. Universe. Now Kane Protein. Where you go to get all the information on social media, caneprotein.com to get your body right. Our man John Brown. John, how you doing? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, were you getting that glitchiness? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm just making sure it wasn't just me. (laughs) Well, hopefully, uh, John, if you can hear us, maybe... uh, Maybe reconnect. Yeah. But um lighting was good though, John. If you can hear us, the lighting, yeah, lighting was money. Lighting. Yeah. Lighting looks good. Lighting was money, dog. I want to get John's take on uh on the Washington Huskies. I know he watches him some Pac 12 after dark. Yeah. And now that we know. Man, I heard this fool Desmond Howard. He was talking about how he doesn't remember Texas and Washington ever matching up. Like, he said, that would be cool. I was like, dude, it was just last year. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, he Here we go. Let's try this again. John Brown. How you doing, yes, John sir. Brown? Okay. How's it going, brother? Oh, it's going good. You sound smooth today. Yeah, my light. Look, my light was always right. My camera was bad and I went to my son's house and they had like a little special external camera. I'm like, well that's what I gotta get. So I haven't got one. My my uh camera on my Apple is just insufficient. So I have to get a new one. Oh yeah now you oh, sound boy. good. You're nice and close to your microphone. Yeah. Yeah I look I, I'm like now I can see myself. What's going on here? What's going on? Hey Better. before we before we get cooking here, you watch Pac 12 football, don't you? Yes, a little bit. All right, the Washington Huskies. Yes. Texas is going to play them in the Sugar Bowl. I like I like that quarterback. Michael Penix. I think he, in my opinion, we'll see it. And he's out of all of them, he's the best. He's gonna he's gonna project to be good in the NFL, I think. He's a competitor, man. Tight spiral, just beautiful pass. I'm like, ooh, that's gonna be a good game, man. 
Zay loves him because he's a lefty. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, it's going to be a good game, man. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Where what about that? At? What about that receiver, Roma Dunze? Yes, yes. That dude's legit. You know some about receivers. Yeah, he's, he's nice. He's a real deal. He's a real deal. Where are they playing at? New Orleans. So New Orleans, that's a good flight for the Huskies. Not that bad of a flight for you guys. It's only like what forty, even forty minutes of that, right? Not even that, right? Yeah, an hour. Maybe an hour. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. Well, I'm just. I have a theory based on teams flying from West Coast to East, East Coast. In most of the cases, they don't really play well because the yeah. circadian rhythms of the Earth. So, but both are. They got an hour. We got. Oh man, it's gonna be interesting. It'll be a good game. Well, I was, you know, who knew if Texas was going to get in or not. Of course, I was going to try and go to that Lions-Cowboys game in Dallas. Now I'm going to be in New Orleans. Oh, you want to see that, huh? <laughs> so I'm not going to I'm not going to get to see the uh, the Lions in person again. Oh, I'm going to have okay, to watch okay. it on TV. Okay, okay. But what did you think of the Lions in uh, – and that win in New Orleans. I mean, they played better than they did against Green Bay. I have to give them credit for that. Uh, there's still some things they got to tighten up. It's a little, a little wild. The first, uh, obviously, the first seven minutes was crazy. The first eight minutes, and then it's like I knew that uh, New Orleans would mount a charge. And I was just wondering, were we ready to uh, withstand that? So we we did, but it was it was challenging, you know. It was uh, they got a lot to clean up. It, yeah. it wasn't wasn't. Uh, I mean, if we're up by three touchdowns, I'm the coach. I call timeout. I said, get over here. Listen, we're down by seven. Let's go. You got to have that mentality. If you don't, it's tough. But they hey, they won that game. Um, it was it was a better fought game, better played game, better coached game than the last two, I would say. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like Thanksgiving Day, Dan uh Dan Campbell, he went for a couple of fourth downs that I don't think I would have went for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He learned from that. He learned yeah. from that. Yeah, it's, it's a, 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 he, you gotta remember he's a new, he's still relatively new. And, you know, not to make excuses for him, but I'm sure he learned his lesson. So Jamal, they, let's see when they play the Cowboys. What's going to happen? That's going to be a real game because, like they say, that's in December, <laughs> and that's a real game. Let's see how they do because the Cowboys ain't no joke, you know. I mean, the Lions are good too, but it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a hard-fought game. Yeah, tough game on the road. Move in Big D or mm. Arlington. Mm. So Jamal Williams, he set the touchdown. Record last year with the Lions. Now he's with the Saints. Yeah. Looked like uh, there were some nice exchanges after the game. Jared Goff went up to him. Yeah. And Jamal Williams said, hey, man, keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. He, Jamal's a nice guy. Really good good football player. And it was good to see him on the field against them. Because I don't get a chance to watch a lot of the Saints games. So that was good to see him, you know. It's uh, 
Hey, he had to, he had to do what he had to do to go get his money. I don't blame him, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But we got some we got some good we got a good offense, I think. Detroit Lions have a good offense. Really good. If everybody's healthy, I think they can play with any team in the league offensively. Are you watching what DeAndre Swift is doing for the Eagles? Yeah. Ooh. Like he what? kept getting hurt in Detroit. Man. And now he's at the Eagles, he's not getting hurt. So you got to go, what's going on in Detroit? Why are guys getting hurt? If, if I was in charge, I would have a guy, uh, I would call him an information guy. And that guy's job is to go out and get all kind of information. Look, something's going on. I suspect this has something to do with what they're eating or drinking. That's what I suspect. Something they're putting in their mouths is, is, is making this thing not right. I don't know if it's... Uh, Food, water, or when they get injured, uh, pain pills they give them. I don't know what it is, but something is wrong, and they need a guy to go figure out and and and, and look at, get all the information, gather, bring it to the coach, and let's look it over. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, because wow. if Swift if Swift was playing that way, they could have kept him and drafted Jalen Carter. Oh, oh we go. God! <laughs> I mean, Swift was playing that well with us. He was playing that well. He just kept getting hurt. Yeah. But again, what do I know? No one listens to me. I, I don't know if I have uh, <laughs> a, a stamp on my head that says a fool or what. But hey, I have different theories. But I was freaking Mr. Universe two times for a reason. I'm telling you right now, there's different things that I I know about the body, and will because of what I've learned about the body, it makes me think a little different than the average person i approach things a little different because i'm like "Mm," because i know my body will look bad or perform bad based on what i put in my mouth i know that for a certainty that is absolutely true so it's natural for me to think man there's something going on there you got to figure it out well john have you talked to amin ra about like what are they serving at the team cafeteria and stuff i asked him what are you eating what what's this and that and just trying to you know, given my my point of view, and, and, and to be careful with this, be careful with that, because a lot of strange things going on. I, I don't know what exactly is happening, but you know, someone needs to look into it to find out what it is. And I think they're I think they're they're smart enough to know that something it doesn't smell right. But I hope they're looking in the right place. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre Swift, he's he's not getting injured. Yeah. Oh, he's been a. You've been a dog for the Eagles, he man. Dog at, he was a dog at Detroit. It's just that he, he, he kept getting injured. I'm like, what's going on with that? Well, what uh, what do you think about this week? Uh, again, they're playing the Bears, and obviously I'm going to that game. It's going to be a tough game because I don't care, like I always say, doesn't matter if it's the last place team. They're still professionals. They're all getting paid. You got to bring it. You got to have a good game plan, and everybody got to bring it because you can lose any given Sunday. So I hope they, I hope they got it together. I think they're learning uh, how to deal with adversity because when they played the Chargers, it was interesting. It was like, oh, that wasn't good. And then the next game after that, they played. Um, who was that? They had a tough time with the Bears. They had a tough time with the Bears. And then Green Bay, I think they're learning as they go to, you know, how to, because they're to hunt it now. They're not used to being hunted. 
They used to be in the hunter, but now they've been hunting. They, it's a little different game plan. So I think they're 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 making uh, improvements from what I saw last week. Yeah, yeah, because as you said, them being the hunted means that that's a different type of pressure that you have going in from game to game because everybody's expecting you to win. Yeah. And that's something Chip knows. Detroit, it don't happen very often. So you yeah. got the whole city, you know, on your yeah. sack and stuff. That's a different responsibility yeah. that a lot of yeah. these guys never experienced before. Yes, yeah. it's a learning curve. So I did see some improvement from the last game, most definitely. 100% I saw some improvement. So that was impressive and something to look forward to. Well, yeah. if Equinemius ends up on the Lions, people do listen to you. You know what I'm saying? Well, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he could be a good contributor. I, I know that, you know. Well, uh, I just looked at the weather, JB. Uh, I think you're going to be okay. It says 61 degrees. No. In Chicago? I. That's what I'm looking at. Oh, yeah, but you know how that is. Today is 61. Tomorrow, oh, it's 22. It changes <laughs> overnight over there. Oh, that'll be heaven. Well, I'm going to wear a tank top if they do that. <laughs> okay. Oh, whoops. My bad. It's going to be 35 degrees. <laughs> See, I knew it. 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 It's going to be 35 degrees, 14 mile an hour winds. Oh. Sorry, I was looking at the Austin uh, forecast. <laughs> so, so for this game, JB, where do you, you and your wife sit? Do you all sit with the Bears section or the Lions section? Or is that the Bears? Bears. Home and away? Bears. Bears because better tickets. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get better tickets, so we sit there, yeah. What do you think about what is your opinion on uh, the college playoffs and what happened with uh, Florida? What do you think? I mean, mm. you had to put the four best in. And Florida State's quarterback getting hurt, that was the committee's out. Yeah, but why even why, fire all those guys on the committee? What do you need them fools for? I know. That's, that's, I mean, what do you do? NFL? Oh, Jalen Hurts got hurt? Okay, you don't get to go to the Super Bowl. What, what is that? That's stupid. Well, they were basing it on that that eye-burning ACC championship game where they it was 3-3 in the third quarter. But yeah, but but you can't do that. If you, if you, if you it's a, no, you can't do that. If you're undefeated, they got to they got to go. If you got a loss, you're out. Now, if Alabama and them don't like that, they got to get out the SEC. Go somewhere else. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, JB. Get out and, the uh, SEC. Go go somewhere else to another conference where you don't have to worry about that. Because you guys are the Pac-12. We used to beat up, beat up on each other all the time. Yeah. So, I so also now, think last so, year's national championship game where Georgia beat the crap out of TCU, yeah. they don't want that happening again if they put Florida State in with their horrible quarterback that could have been a possibility in their eyes. Yeah, that's true. That's what they're saying. But who cares about that? I mean, <laughs> no, you can't say that because you, why even play the game? For, why would they keep the score? They shouldn't keep score if that's the deal. If they know they're going to put the popular teams in, why keep score? Take yeah. the scoreboard down. Yeah. I mean, it, it, look. It, I'm it surprised, like, JB. Huh? I figured you would be the lion saying, the strongest survive, and it looked like the four best teams got That's picked. That's what I'm saying. But the strongest didn't survive. They, they lost, didn't they? 
They got a lot. They got a, a, a L. So yeah. they're not the strongest. That's my point. <laughs> but yeah. without Jordan Travis, I don't care. That's football, <laughs> right? Look at San Francisco, and, and and when they played the Eagles last year, they got all the quarterbacks went out. What are you gonna do? Forfeit the game? No, keep playing. No, I do feel bad for Florida State. Zay feels really bad for Florida State. Oh yeah, NCAA basketball tournament. This has to be a real tournament. Figure it out. We don't need those old fools up there trying to make decisions, trying to have power. We don't need that. Here's what we got. Okay, we got we got all of the teams playing. Put a put a, 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 a tournament together, and if you win, you move on. We know how it works. It works like that in in the uh, NFL. You lose, you go home. I don't care if your quarterback won. No excuses. You lose, you go home. And if it's a blow, it's a blowout. Sink ship. JB got heart. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what. That's that heart that I'm telling you. The committee well, has no heart. Zero hey, the good, heart. The good. They're not even playing football. <laughs> the committee. They're not even oh, the no. They don't know anything about football. Well, who are those guys? I want to see pictures of all their faces and see what they look like. I'm, I'm with you. Because they had Oregon ahead of Texas and Alabama, and Oregon hadn't beaten anybody. We want to we want to see the the, the 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 real game. We we know who really the best is. You can't say that. Come on. Well, I, we I I know these guys are the best. I'm like ah, no no no, it's ugly. It's bad. It's ugly. No, it's bad. They gotta have so a, a so JB like NFL. so JB. Do you think Florida State should be in over Bama or Texas? I don't know about that, but that's a different <laughs> issue. No, because I have to really – they got to set it up where if you lose, the winners come in, lose or go home. That's it. Okay. Well, here's the good news. there's a blowout at the end. Well, you lost, you go home. You don't like it, get in another conference. Here's the so good news. Happen. We got a 12-team playoff next year. Yeah. Yeah, well, they got to do it right. We don't. Those guys don't need to be involved, those committees. No. I agree. I mean, why can't I agree score? with that. Why keep score? Yeah. You're it's better off going back to the computers. Now. It's so, so, it's so ridiculous. It's like, it's like they're in power. They got a power trip over there. It's a power trip. They want to be the, like the guy in the room. You know how it is. No, no, go home. Bye. No more of that. But some guys, you know, I don't care if the quarterback went down. I don't care if everybody went down. You win, you move on. You lose, you go home. That's how it is. It's been like that. From the beginning of time, that's it. You got winners and losers. Amen. Okay. I like that. I like that. Is USC going to be any good next year? No. What is, what's going on with Lincoln no. Riley? It's not Lincoln Riley. He's a great coach. There's a lot of great coaches over here. It's the system. Look, I'm just telling you, them liberal states, they, they, you can't, they, no, no, you can't do that. No. You can't you can't run a football team in the liberal state. It's hard because all the people above him won't let him do what he wants. See, Lincoln Riley's a great coach, but he got they tie his hands. I know my son went to school there. They they tie my son's hands. Great yeah. institution, love the, the school, but the people that's running it, they, it's, it's all messed up. I told you. They got damn Tammy Trojan on the horse. What is that? Well, who's going to be? I mean, he's got to get a defense together. Yeah, you got to get a defense. But, you know, let's say you get the defense. You got to have some hogs. 
some dogs. I bet Nick Saban is running it a little different over there. I bet those guys are a little more nasty, maybe using foul language with the players, being real <laughs> rough and tough. If you do that at, at SC, you get you get in trouble. Don't talk like that to the players. <laughs> Come on, man. These are, these are apex apex predators. And you're going to say, don't don't speak like that. It's not going to work. So, so how much has it changed in 20 years when Pete Carroll was there? Because they were winning national championships with Matt Liner and Reggie Bush back-to-back. -back. Like, what's changed in 20 years, John? Look, number one, parents got smart. Like I told my son, don't go to SC, you know, because it's, it's going to be messed up. And I saw it after the first game. I said, check out of here. He didn't want to do it. So, okay, it's going to hurt you in the draft. Because these guys, look, they won't let you be all you can be. We trying to be all we can be. We want to eat all the food on the plate. We want to do, we, look, we want to eat what we kill. But they don't want, they want you to kill it and then share it with the other team. No. We eat what we kill. We don't share no food with nobody. I don't care about that. So they didn't want to do that. And that's why you cannot get the thing going. The parents are like, you know what? There's a lot of good athletes in the Southern California area. Guess what? They're not going to school at SC. They're leaving. Why didn't Bryce Young go there? He wanted the dog on Heisman. Because the parents got smart. Like, no, mm -mm, this is not what we, mm -mm, we're not, no, it's not what we signed up for. So all the good players are leaving, going to different schools. Now you got to have a strong, strong recruiting process because your best players from your state are not even going to school there. And it goes on and on and on and on. And so it, it, that's what happens. What do you think of the NCAA try to give them that kind of lightweight death penalty with Reggie Bush and all that? That was a bunch of crock crock of, uh, of crap because I think they didn't like the fact that SC was beating everybody. That's when SC was beating everybody. They, and most of the guys I talked to in the media, on ESPN, and all these places, they're not from California. They're all from the the, the South, and they put they're pushing their stuff. That's what it is. So they kind of hate the the West Coast. West Coast got ballers. Hey, Texas got ballers. Hey, Louisiana got ballers. They're ballers everywhere. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't be one-sided like that. It's bad. What do you think? What do you think of Sarkeesian winning the Big Twelve title? I, 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 I think he's a good coach. You know, I think he did a great job turning that program around. Uh, it's going to be a good game against Washington. Oh, man, I don't know what's going to happen, but. It's going to be a good one. I think he did a good job there, you know? You sound like you think Washington's going to get the dub. I don't know, man. I, I would never bet on a game like that. I don't bet anyway, but if I was a betting man, I, oh, God, how do you, it's like a coin toss, a toss. I mean, how do you, who do you think is going to win that game? I mean, how do you know? Yeah. That's a yeah, tough they one, need, man. They need that's to get pressure one. on Penix. I know that. God, that's a tough one. I mean, what do you think? I think they got to get pressure on Penix because if he has time, he'll pick that pass defense apart. Yeah. And then Texas's offense can can keep up in a shootout. But I was telling Zay earlier, I, I could see it being 36-33, just like the Oregon Ooh. game, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thriller. Wow, it's gonna be. I, I see. I see it too. I mean, you know, it's gonna. It's gonna be tough. I'm just glad they. Uh, they got an opportunity to play. When are you going to Chicago? 
I'm leaving on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a well game here. I mean, what do you think about that game? What do you think about that game? What do you got? Who do you, who do you got? Oh man, the Lions are undefeated on the road, right? Yeah, they are actually. It's crazy. Yeah, they are. You would think it'd be the opposite, <laughs> but it's for some crazy. Time, for some reason they play good on the road. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, JB. Before we let you go, which city do you like more, Detroit or Chicago? They're the same to me. My wife always tells me that I'm crazy, but I always told her if you blindfold me and <laughs> took me in the middle of a city and I open my eyes and you say where you at, Detroit or Chicago? I don't know. They all look the same. They got the same <laughs> looking buildings. You know, they all look brown and, and, and gloomy, and ah, uh, uh, I need some palm trees and some beaches. Yeah, smoke like a true California boy, man. <laughs> okay, I, I need forgot. Some palm trees. You see, you know, you know, you know. I think, you know, I think, I think people in the, on the, in the south and on the east coast, I think they think that athletes, where we're from, we're surfing and enjoying. It. No, we're, we're playing ball just like you guys. We're not surfing. California got some tough guys too, just like Louisiana, just like Texas, just like everywhere else. You can't just say, you know, but they look at, they look down on California because, you know, the, the beach life, you know, surf and all that stuff, surfers up and all the pretty girls. But no, we, we balling out here too. This ain't, we ain't, we ain't, mm -mm, we ain't soft. Yeah. Well, I forgot the Lions lost at Baltimore, but they have a better record on the road than they do at home this year. Oh, they did lose in Baltimore. They lost yeah. the one game. They lost the one game on the road. They've lost two games at home to Seattle and Green Bay. So, but Green Bay is getting coming around, aren't they? Yeah, and Jordan Love's playing, playing pretty good. Yeah. yeah, beat the Chiefs. Yeah, Big surprisingly, I mean, what do you think about the Chiefs? The Chiefs? Yeah, ain't got no wide receiver. What? Rasheed Rice. They had, a chance, they had a chance to get out, man. They passed on him four times. Ooh. They got to change the recruiting system. I mean, yeah. what's, and what's going on with – is that like a bad luck omen with Kelsey and, and, and that girl? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> His jersey sales are through the roof. Yeah, he got, but he got, he got a concert on football, not, not going to Brazil and, and looking at concerts. You gotta stay focused here, you know. Yeah, it was like Samson and, De and Delilah. You gotta be careful. Be careful. <laughs> hey, JB, have a safe hey, trip. Hey, I, I want to let me say one thing. If there's, you know, for some people out there, if they're listening, and you know, got kids out there and and want to know what's the next move to do, you know, you gotta your kid got to be strong, so they can go to Cane Protein, order some protein that. I designed for my kids ever since they were little. We got guys all over the country taking it. It's a good source of protein, and not all protein is equal. So my protein is real good. If you want to gain, let's say if someone needs to gain like 12 pounds, you know, it's possible to gain 12 pounds in four four weeks. You know, the coach may look at your son and go, well, you know, I like him. But if he was heavier, I, I, would, I would give him a scholarship. You got to think about that. So uh, go to Cane Protein, that's C-A-N-E, and uh, – Order your protein now. Don't even waste time. That's right. Great Christmas gift. CaneProtein.com. Yeah, exactly. Great and, and, Christmas and, and, gift. And this is the this is the time where kids are starting to get all trying to some of them are getting ready to commit, right? In a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. December 20th. 
Yeah, but listen, if, if you're a parent, listen to me right now. When my kids came out, it was a different system. There's 21 scholarships roughly being given out. 21 scholarships available for high school students. Guess what? There's probably only eight now because of the transfer portal. There's not a lot of scholarships given out to high school kids. So the transfer portal kind of messed that up. So my point is this. If you're a parent and you have a child and he has an offer, you may want to commit as soon as possible. Because if you don't and you go back to commit, they may say, you know what, sorry, we didn't think you liked, liked us that much. We gave the offer to someone else. I've seen a lot of guys go to junior college because they didn't commit and they're five stars, four stars, junior college, because they didn't commit early enough. There's a lot to be known about this game. It ain't like you think, just playing football and the coach got to know. Mom and dad has to have it. And call Kane, call protein.com. Call I got a friend of mine, I was coaching him up. His daughter plays basketball. Coach keeps calling his daughter all the time. I said, man, call that coach and get the offer. But he's afraid to do it. Don't be afraid to call a coach and ask for the offer. The only thing they can say is no, but closed mouths don't get fed. That's right. You get what you demand. Yeah. Not what you earn, not what you deserve. You get what you demand. There it is. JB, have a great weekend. All right, doggy. All right, there he goes. Thanks, Brown. Um, And we got some breaking news, breaking news. We will get to that in just a second. Um, But right now I want to tell you about Apple leasing because, look, you want to be in the car you really want to be driving. And some of you are like, I don't buy new cars because I don't want to pay for that future trade-in value, that markup. Well, here's the answer, AppleLeasing.com. They are going to lease you any maker model of car. They don't care what car you pick. So you've never had a new car experience like this. Normally you go to a showroom, they're attacking you, tackling you. Don't leave without buying our car. At Apple Leasing, they don't care. They want you to be happy. They want you to pick the car that's best for you. And then they're going to put you in that car. And because you're not paying for the future trade-in value of that car, you're getting into a better car than you thought you could afford. And it's brand new. You're picking everything, interior, exterior, make and model. And you want to change make and model two, three years into the lease? No problem. The easy lease. That's, That's the beauty of Apple leasing. Everything is easy. So get into the car you really want to be driving, whether you want to keep your payments in the $400 range or get a Range Rover, AppleLeasing.com. Give them a call, 346-9977, or visit AppleLeasing.com. Tell them Chip Brown sent you. Um, And Zay, we've got another couple of Longhorns in the transfer portal. Uh, Sawyer Gorham Welch, who was the uh, backup offensive lineman came in as a defensive lineman is in the portal and BJ Allen, the safety who got uh, very limited snaps this season behind that rotation of, you know, Jaron Thompson, Michael Taff, Derek Williams, Keaton Crawford. And, I just find it interesting because we don't really know what um, 
Jaron Thompson and Keaton Crawford's plans are they have a COVID year that they can use and come back. Um, do you do you want them back? Do you have are you going into the portal? Are you going to try and get Andrew Macaba from Clemson, who's a local product right here in Austin? His high school coach is the um, director of high school relations at Texas right now. Um, you know, BJ Allen was, he was a four-star prospect when he came in, but obviously got recruited over by Derek, you know, when Derek Williams came in. Yeah. Um, I definitely, if Keaton Crawford and Jaron Thompson were to come back for a COVID year, I definitely would love to have those guys back. I mean, I know they're no Ed Reed or Cam Chancellor, but those guys with the experience, they've had some good plays this year. I mean, go back to the OU game, Keaton Crawford blocking that punt. Jaron Thompson's had some big-time interceptions this year. Go back to Alabama or Iowa State. So they've made some good plays, even though they have their flaws. And you look at somebody like B.J. Allen, I mean, if you're not getting in a five-man rotation, like sometimes there is no rotation for a secondary, you know, sometimes you see guys in for 95% of the snaps based on the coach's confidence and obviously their stamina. But with this Texas secondary, specifically the safeties, again, you mentioned those guys, Mookie Tav, Jaron Thomas, King Crawford, Derek Williams, you know, all of those guys are capable of making plays and making things happen. And, you know, B.J. Allen, he just couldn't get in a part of that rotation. He feels like the grass is greener somewhere else. So, yeah, when you see somebody like Andrew McCubba, who's an Austin native, and his old high school coach, Jamal Fenner, is a part of this roster, too. That seems like, a, you know, all, all in all done deal. But, you know, if I'm Andrew McCubba, I'm definitely going to get wine and dine by some of these other universities. So, yeah, you know, B.J. Allen. It's not really, you know, I don't think it's a big time miss with him leaving through the transfer portal. I wish him well. You know, the Jalen Catalan thing, that's still kind of just, that has a bad taste in my mouth for obvious reasons because he did play. Like, B.J. Allen got no clock, zero tick. So for him to leave, understandable. Jalen Catalan, that's still a question mark to me, and I'm sure we'll find out more, you know, as these days slash weeks go by. But, yeah, just you see guys coming in. Hopefully the Horns could get Kobe Black out of the Waco area, you know, whenever he commits. So I think secondary and safety situation is looking good right now for the foreseeable future. But, yeah, B.J. Allen, all I could do is wish him the best. Yeah. So uh, Jalen Catalan, Sawyer Gorham, Welch, Xavion Bryce, BJ Allen in the transfer portal. Um, you know, it's clear the the signal that Jalen Catalan got was um, it's not it's not a fit, and um, whether whether it was or not, that's that's what he perceived. So uh, those are the names in the transfer portal. Uh, from the Texas Longhorns roster, and I'd say, like you said, three of the four, not a surprise. Uh, Jalen Catalan, you know, unfortunate just because he was 
an all SEC performer in 2020 and has just struggled to stay healthy. And that's, yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one because Jalen Catalan only knows how to play football one way. And, and he's a thick guy. That's the thing. But listen, when you're running full speed, five, seven yards to make full contact, it's like a car accident that it's going to take its toll. So um, we'll keep you posted on what's going on with, uh, with the horns. Um, but yeah, Jeff Choate will coach through the Sugar Bowl. So. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, luckily enough, you're very confident in the linebacker core handling their business, whether he was there or not. You know, like it's not one of those where they need him. Like Jalen Ford, he's a coach on the field also. You know, Anthony Hill, I feel confident in him at this point. Morris Blackwell, David Benda, you feel confident in all four of those guys getting out there and getting the job done. So it's just one of those, how locked in will Jeff Choate be? Because at this point, you need everybody 100% engaged. And again, it makes sense for him not to be as locked in as you would hope. Like this dude has a whole nother job somewhere else waiting for him. And think about all the responsibility that comes with being a head coach that Jeff Cho isn't used to yet. Like learning on the fly is going to be huge for him. Like you heard John Brown talk about Dan Campbell. He's absolutely right. Like Dan Campbell, those horrible fourth down mistakes that he made, that dude is a young coach. He's still figuring stuff out. I think when we, you know, see these guys become head coaches and stuff, we think that their shit doesn't stink and they're not human and they're untouchable. That's not the case. So for Jet Choate's situation, like worrying about the transfer portal, worrying about recruiting, worrying about keeping guys that he wants still on, on campus. Like everybody has a coaching change. Everybody wants to leave. So Jeff Choate, again, all the things that he's responsible for now, will he be able to stay locked in for Texas trying to get the ultimate goal, and that's a national championship? Like, these are two games, hopefully, that Jeff Choate has to be completely locked in for. And I don't know if you'll even be able to know this, like, if Jalen Ford has a bad game, what are we going to do, blame Jeff Choate? You know what I'm saying? That would be, like, easy to do that. I don't think it'd be very accurate, but still like those things now cross your mind just because that's what the situation is, you know? Yeah. I mean, Jeff Choate, he's got, um, Texas starts practicing on December 15th. Early signing day is December 20th. And the portal is open. This first window of the portal, which is the longest window it's the 30-day window, is open until January 2nd. And Jeff Choate's going to be in Austin for the team's football practices starting December 15th and trying to manage Nevada from Austin. It's a lot. But... Yo, what if Jeff Choate's out here like, yo, Jalen Catalan, BJ Allen, come play for me. 
Yeah. How, how, how would you feel about that? That'd be, I mean, you see that all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see who ends up in the portal at Nevada. Yeah. But he said, and I thought this was funny because he said this at his introductory press conference in Nevada. He said, how many times do you get a chance to um, play for a national championship? And then he said, it's, it's not about me. It's about these players and trying to help them finish things off right. I'm sure the people in Nevada were like, uh, really? Nah, he said, uh, there's going to be some long days, but I think the right thing to do is to provide some consistency and stability for the guys in the program there and finish the mission at Texas. In the interim, I'll have had a chance to kind of put the pieces in place to move this thing forward. And a lot of the guys will be off campus during that period of time. So he's got to put together a staff, a recruiting class, and mine the portal all in the next nine days. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, how locked in is he? Like, not because he doesn't want to be, just because... There's not enough hours in the day, you know? Like, it's just, it's an interesting situation. If I'm a Nevada fan or part of the the Boosters or anybody that has anything to do with Nevada, I, I'm good with him coaching in this game. I get it. He has a lot to do, but you want him to experience that being in the college football playoff, maybe playing for a national championship, hopefully winning it. Like you want that type of guy on your campus because that's a been there, done that situation. And a lot of people won't be able to, if the horns win it all, tell Jeff Choate shit. Like, yo, I've been a part of national championship teams. Like he'll be able to say that. That goes a long way. I've ta- I've been a part of teams. I've been to a college football playoff. Like that's why he got the job in the first place. Because the horns are winning now, and people could see that he's doing a good job with Anthony Hill and David Benda. Like David Benda, come on, think about where he's came from to where he is now. Like, of course, Jeff Choate's gonna get a job. The development, like the guy knows football, so yeah, like they should be grateful that he's in a situation to where he could coach in a national championship game. Cause again, that's why y'all were looking at him for the job in the first place. Yeah. He signed a five year, $5.78 million contract. Damn. Nevada throwing around that money. I know the casinos and stuff doing well, but damn, ain't it in Reno? No, he's only making a million a year. I know that, but still that's not, that's still pretty good coin. <laughs> like he was making eight hundred thousand here. I know, but still, hey, like, he wants to be head coach. There's no doubt. That's part of the country that he's he's comfortable with. He's a good coach. There's no question. He's developed Jalen Ford, David Benda, um, Mo Blackwell, Anthony Hill. So this is. Uh, 
This is, you know, this is a loss. You don't get hired away to be a head coach unless you got some skills. Um, I just think it's interesting that he'll, uh, you know, he'll make this commitment to, to coach Texas through. Yeah. And Nevada seems okay with it. Yeah, I'm good with Jeff Choke coaching. You know, I'm, I don't want to look too much into it. As far as Jalen Kylon playing, I'm not good with him playing. I do not want that. That's that's the wrong energy and message that you're trying to show. You know, B.J. Allen, all those guys, Xavier Bryce, they do not deserve to play in this game. You know, they could have easily waited three weeks to see what happens after. It's not like they're not going to have options still. You know, like this is a special moment, man. And I get it. Everybody has to look out for themselves. Like, I completely understand that. Like, it's you definitely have to look out for yourself. But there's certain moments where it's bigger than you. And this is one of those moments. I don't know what that's what kind of makes me wonder, like, if you're a locker room guy, I Sark was allowing those guys. to. You just you just got so fired up, you oh, muted yourself. Right? Hit my mic. But if Sark allows those guys to play as a competitor, somebody who is on the team, that's staying on the team, I'm looking at Sark sideways. Like, yo, we're not, he's not playing with us. Like, this guy, it's a privilege to get to this point. Hell no. Well, Big 12 ring, yes, you can give him that. But CFP ring, national championship ring, no, they do not deserve that. They do not deserve that. Big 12, that's all they get because they were along for that ride. They, they, were, they were on the roster in that game. They deserve that. The Big 12 championship ring, absolutely. Anything else, hell to the gnaw. No. Zay has spoken. Yo, I ain't with that, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. So weak. Come on, man. Gosh, I'm so sad about Jalen Catalan. You know how excited I was about him, Chip. We talked about it. When we first started our show, we were talking about Jalen Catalan. I'm, I'm over here like, yeah, dude's like a Bob Sanders, this and that, ferocious. He's just a different type of guy. And now here we are in December with success. Like, I'd understand that the horns are nine-win team, don't go to the Big 12 championship at all, like, don't make it to the CFP. I understand it because things didn't go according to plan. But when you have success, like, I, I get it. Mookie Taff was a walk-on. Yes, he's getting more clocked than you. It is what it is. You've been hurt the last three years. You haven't had reps. Like, that's a big deal. Like, getting reps, getting better. Jalen Catalan hasn't been able to get better because he hasn't played. Like, go watching film could only go so far. You've got to get out there and do it. I can only watch, you know, people driving on TV. But if I hit the road and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, then bad stuff's going to happen. you got to get used to the road, hit the freeway, hit being by those 18-wheelers and stuff. Like, that stuff, that makes sense. But if you're not playing, if you don't do it very often, then you're not going to get any better. So, yeah, 
you're not going to get much clock when Mookie Tav's out here working his ass off. Derek Williams, yeah, I know he's a freshman. He's clearly working his ass off. He's clearly good. Like, they deserve to be on the field. You're hurt all the time. Not You not as much, bruh. Like, it's just what it is. That's what happens when guys get hurt. You can get replaced real fast. Ask Drew Bledsoe. Oh, it's crushing. It's crushing. I mean, when I heard that Catalan was coming to Texas in the transfer portal, I was like, oh, here he comes, the heat-seeking missile, and this is just what this secondary needs. They need a leader. They need a tip-of-the-spear player, someone that opposing receivers fear going across the middle. And then we saw the Jason Bean hit where his ribs looked like they were relocated to Waco. The ball comes flying out, and I'm like, oh, he's just getting warmed up. Yeah, he's we're, now we're getting somewhere. And then record scratch the very next week against Oklahoma. The man is on a knee on the sideline watching after eight snaps of the Red River shootout. And he's gone for the next four games. And in that time, Mookie Tav goes on an interception streak. I mean, he was trying to match uh, Earl Thomas. For the yeah. school record of interceptions in four straight games. It's hard to take that guy off the field, even though Jalen Catalan was lighting up the SEC in 2020 and we had just lit up Jason Bean. We're thinking, oh, this it is, is. missing. We haven't seen this guy since Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah, he's it's, arrived. Oh, and wow. You said record scratch. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that it was so deflating watching them get hurt in the OU game of all games, too. Of all games. Right. He gets hurt in that one. snaps in. We were just like, well, there it is. And, you know, it wasn't like you were shocked that it happened. It was just, you also had the feeling like, okay, he's in a new environment. Like, he's had a few years to heal. He got surgery in the offseason. Like, he'll be fine. But, nope, those games, whoever on our code of text line calls him Jalen Street Clothes Catalan, it came back. And it's unfortunate. I I wish him the best. I don't know what he's going to do in this last year, where he's going to go. It's going to be interesting who takes a shot on him. But... I mean, what do you have to lose? It's only one year, you know. He's a good player. He's just never on the field. And, you know, he he played that three-high safety look at Arkansas, and the Horns don't do that. But he knew that, though. (laughs) Like, it wasn't like Pete Bukowski was like, hey, we're going to go to a three-high look. Like, Pete Bukowski was like, hey, we normally play two safeties, you know, three corners. We're pretty traditional that way. So we'll mix it up every once in a while and put more corners out there. But as far as safeties go, we don't do what the Oklahoma States and the TCUs of the world, Iowa States, we don't do what those guys do. So, I mean, you good with that? And it seemed like he was. (laughs) It seemed like he was. But again, we don't know everything that's happened. I'm just saying I don't want to see him out there versus Washington. Yeah. As much as the as much as Texas needs them, I don't know. I can't do it. 
Well, last night in Vegas, Derek Johnson was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, we will uh, we'll tell you about that right after I tell you about audio-visual consultations and our man Tom McKay, making sure that you are getting a big screen that makes you feel like you're on the sideline at the game. Um, he's going to get you the best price on big screen, surround sound, um, electronic shades, surveillance, new lighting. And listen, all you got to do is call 255-8678. Tom and his crew are going to bring everything to you from the free consultation to installation. It's amazing. You're busy. You got things to do. So don't waste your time. Let Tom and his crew bring everything to you. They've put big screens and surround sound and all your favorite restaurants in Austin. They'll do it for you too. They've done it for me in three different houses. 255-8678. avconsultations.com. And make sure that you got uh, some deluxe furniture to watch your new big screen from Great Blue Heron Furniture. GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com. Go check it out. It's unbelievable. This is custom-made leather furniture, and it's all different kinds of leather and different styles. The best thing for you to do is just go to GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com and check it out for yourself. Because whether it's a couch or recliner or bar stools, you can design exactly what you want. And this is furniture that is built for a lifetime, not the box store furniture that's just, you know, rapid fire slapped together. This is furniture that is built for a lifetime. GreatBlueHairAndFurniture.com. Don't forget to use the promo code HOOKEM to get 15% off your purchase. That is the Texas Sports Unfiltered promo code. Um, and for all of you um, out there with young ones in competitive sports where you need to wear a mouth guard, even if it's, you know, cheerleading, lacrosse, flag football. There's only one place to go, and that is BrainVault.com. BrainVault, the patented, proven mouth guard to protect against concussion. Um, and they'll come to you. Uh, if you're the team manager, or team mom, they'll come to you, do group fittings. And all you have to do is set up that appointment at BrainVault.com. Calm. And uh, and don't forget to get over to Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Um, happy hour every day from 3.30 to 6.30. You're getting $5 off the beginnings menu uh, during happy hour. And you can eat like a king or queen from that beginnings menu. The New Orleans barbecue shrimp, the, the grilled oysters. You're going to love it. Two locations there in Zilker and Round Rock. All right, Zay, um, one of the good guys in, in Texas football, college football, pro football. Um, I love my man, uh, Derek Johnson, and he goes into the college football Hall of Fame last night in Vegas. And this guy was just a freak athlete, six foot four, 230 pounds, although he looks lighter than that now. Um, just a wrecking machine on the field. So much fun to watch because he 
just made so many plays. I mean, what, one season? I think he has the most interceptions ever for a linebacker. He had the most forced fumbles in a season with that, that punch out. And he wins the Butkus. He wins the Nagurski, you know, for and then goes on to become the all-time leading tackler in Kansas City Chiefs history. And I thought it was really cool that Jamal Charles was with him for his college football induction because um, Jamal Charles, the all-time leading rusher in Kansas City Chiefs history, and Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in Chiefs history. For a while there, it was the the Kansas City Longhorns. And DJ just, what a great guy and such a such a talented athlete. And I'll never forget, he, uh, you know, there were coaching changes in Kansas City. And, you know, he got benched after one of the coaching changes. And instead of demanding to be traded or wanting to get out. He just set his jaw and became a pro bowler. And Derek Johnson, he is the epitome of a professional and a freak athlete. So um, yeah. And before Jamal became the all-time leading rusher of the Kansas city chiefs, priest Holmes was the all-time leading rusher. So talk about the Kansas City Longhorns, but kudos, congrats to Super DJ. That is, that's an amazing honor. It's awesome. Michael Huff was there too. Michael Huff's on the ballot to go in uh, to the College Football Hall of Fame. We're getting to that 05 team. I mean, Vince is already in, but there are a bunch of dudes from that 05 team and you only get one in per year. So Texas has got to hope that they don't have multiple dudes on the ballot. Like Casey Hampton got passed over. That drives me crazy. Casey Hampton should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame um, and the College Football Hall of Fame. That dude led Texas in tackles from the defensive tackle position for two straight years. That's insane to have a defensive tackle lead your defense in tackles for one season, let alone two. Um, then he goes on to win two Super Bowls with the Steelers. But DJ, um, and look, I get it. When you win those big national awards, I'm sure Michael Huff's going to get in because he's a Thorpe Award winner. When you win those big national awards, um, it improves your chances. I'm sure Colt McCoy will get in. But um, that's a cool event. They used to do it in New York. Now they do it in Vegas. And it's a little warmer. <laughs> yeah, especially this time of the year. And yeah, salute to DJ. He was a stud here, you know, first team all NFL 2011, back with the Chiefs when his career didn't probably get off to the best start that you would think of somebody of that caliber. But it always hurts me that he wasn't a part of that 05 team that won a natty because he was a part of that culture that helped all those guys get, you know, 
to beat USC and he just didn't get the rewards from it, but hell of a career, you know, he was always all over the field, always around the ball, the interceptions you talk about, just punching the ball out guys, you know, you think about someone like Anthony Hill who could possibly turn into that hopefully. But again, that's saying a lot because DJ might be the best linebacker to ever put on the burnt orange. So yeah, Definitely well-deserved and, yeah, a guy that I think a lot of people, especially for his pro career, is probably considered underrated. But us Texas folks, we know how good he is and how good he was. And, yeah, definitely lost a lot of weight, too. The dude, I think I heard him on an interview talk about him being under 200 pounds now and just living a healthy life and has a ton of kids and a beautiful family. So he's living his best life. Life. And he does a good job of coming back to campus all the time, giving those guys game and stuff. Like he's a true lifetime Longhorn alum that loves his university and it shows with the way he carries himself. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a great honor. And um, Todd Haley was the Kansas city head coach who benched Derek Johnson and Derek Instead of demanding out, you know, just buckled down, became a pro bowler. So uh, kudos to Derek Johnson. Colin Klein has left Kansas State to become the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M under Mike Elko. And I like Colin Klein. I'm, I was surprised. I'll be honest. He was in, you know, he was there at Kansas State where he played, where he's a hero, a legend. He won a Big 12 championship um, at K-State, had done wonders with Will Howard, with Avery Johnson. I mean, there's excitement about Avery Johnson. And he leaves to go to Texas A&M with Mike Elko. And I just have to, I, Colin Johnson, I mean, Colin Klein is the kind of guy who he, he, he fits the A&M mold. Like if you go back to what A&M was when they were the wrecking crew and still were winning games and contending for conference titles with Kevin Murray and Bucky Richardson, they ran the quarterback and they were tough and is that where we're going? I guess so, because Colin Klein runs that quarterback crash test dummy mm-hmm. offense. I don't, I mean, Connor Wegman's not really that guy. And was Will Howard getting in the portal ahead of things, knowing that Colin Klein was on the move? So, well, you, you know, Mike Elko likes that. That's what Riley Leonard is. Like, he was that, you know, quarterback that was a dual threat that could run it, too. And you saw Will, uh, Will Howard, Colin Klein got the best out of him. Hell, A.J. Martinez even looked good at times in 2022. So, yeah, I think it's a good hire, you know. It's a, 
Alec Hines been at Kansas State for a while as a quarterbacks coach in the last two seasons as an offensive coordinator for Chris Kleiman. So bigger opportunity going to the SEC, being at AM, getting that money that they just throw around there in College Station. It seems like Colin Klein, he definitely wants to be a head coach someday. So he's on the right trajectory to do that. And yeah, it's Chris Bennett. That's a good point there. Avery Johnson, the backup for Will Howard at Kansas State, has not entered the transfer portal yet. So I, if he were to do that, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, to go to a and I mean, you mentioned Connor Wegman, and a lot of people still have high hopes for him. I haven't heard anything about his future. Maybe he might hit transfer portal due to Jimbo Fisher getting the boot. But, yeah, it seems like they would probably go for that more dual-threat type quarterback that is a little – Johnny Manziel. Yeah, Johnny Manziel type who, you know, Colin Klein lost to – when it came to the Heisman, you didn't vote for Colin Klein, did you? You voted for Johnny, right? I voted for both of them. You vote, You can vote for two people? You get three. You get three votes, so you can vote all three for one guy? No. Three different names. You have to rank them one, two, and three, and you get different uh, amount of points for where you're placed on the ballot. So... You put three names down on the ballot. Okay. How's that yep. vote looking this year, by the way? Well, I'll tell you as soon as uh, the award goes out. Otherwise, I lose the vote. <laughs> <laughs> they have you sign oh, man, a non-disclosure agreement. Damn. Yeah. Because they were getting tired of everybody telling who they voted, and then all of a sudden, there's no anticipation going into the announcement damn man so, they treating you like an instagram model oh yeah a non-disclosure agreement and why not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I mean, wouldn't trust some of you guys either I oh trust yeah you guys either so i get it all right well let's uh let's get to the right call and or excuse me to the chip that, shot and the right call Okay, um, okay. I will uh, I will jump in here and and say that uh, Anthony Hill, thank you. Thanks for living up to the hype. Thanks for being a dog. Thanks for coming in and bringing that just crazy athleticism, toughness, want to, and that physicality to the defense because. I asked him, I said, Anthony, Steve Sarkeesian even said, your, your hits look and sound different. And he said, I flip a switch when I go on the football field because that's the way the game should be played. And that is, that is absolutely right. You need, to, you need to play this game with a physical mindset and a physical brand of football, and Anthony Hill does it. And the more guys that Texas can bring in and put on defense with that kind of mindset, I think Malik Malik Muhammad has that. I think Derek Williams has that. Um, Ethan Burke has that. And look, you bring in guys with that and enough 
of those guys are on the field, everybody is playing that way. And that's, there's a lot of excitement and reason to be excited about where this program is going. And, you know, he said it. It's like, for this to be happening in my first year, this is the standard now. This is the standard that that it's got to be for the next couple of years that he's on campus. But, you know, big 12 defensive freshman of the year and watch out because he's the kind of guy already the number two tackler. We talked about his numbers compared to DeMarvin Overshone. They're pretty comparable. You know, Hill more sacks than Overshone. Overshone, uh, two and a half more tackles for loss, more quarterback hurries for Hill, more pass breakups for Overshone, but both the second leading tackler on the team. Um, Overshone, obviously, last year before becoming a third-round pick of the Cowboys, and Anthony Hill as a true freshman, second leading tackler, and a guy who was starting off the season in a pass rush role and is now blossoming into um, that weak side linebacker. And I said to Ford, I said, "What? where do you think his natural position is? Is it middle? Is it weak side? He said he can play anywhere. He's He said he's physical enough and athletic enough to play middle, weak side, strong side. He's just a football player. And, and that's kudos to Anthony Hill. We didn't really spend a lot of time. There was a lot of stuff coming out of that Big 12 title game. Um, A, the Big 12 title, the first Big 12 title since 09. B, Quinn Ewers playing his best game. C, Tavondre Sweat catching a big boy touchdown um, and on and on. And then we went right into the college football playoff uh, conversation, but lost in that was Anthony Hill's just rock solid game. He was the leading tackler for Texas in that game. The um, he had a sack. He had a forced fumble. Just uh, impressive. And now, Zay, he is 6-0 and in games played at AT&T Stadium, dating back to his days at Denton Ryan, where he won a state championship as a sophomore with Jatavian Sanders and Austin Jordan. So, Anthony Hill, kudos to you. Yeah, man, love the guy. You know, it's so hard to play defense nowadays because you can't lunge at nobody or use the crown of your helmet and stuff, which I'm glad they've gotten rid of those things. Like, it became very dangerous. We know that the statistics with that due to guys after they get done playing in the NFL or whatever, they get done playing in their career in general. But for him to be as ferocious and intense as he is this young and like you said, his ability to just turn it on. Because, again, the dude has a baby face. Like, the dude doesn't look like he'd hurt a fly. But if it's just you and him and you got the ball in your hands, well, it's probably not going to be good for the ball carrier because Anthony Hill, he just hits of a certain intensity that not a lot of guys have. And to play that linebacker position and be great, you got to be crazy. 
you got to be a little batshit. Like Dick Buckus was nuts. Mike Singletary, Brian Erlacher, Ray Lewis, the list goes on. Hell, Ray Lewis might have killed the dude. So, like, you can't, something in that, you know, in that dome can't all be there. You're not like a normal everyday citizen if you want to be great, you know. So, at hell, and I say this in the most positive way, he looks like he ain't all there. He just does. When you see him getting those unsportsmanlike calls and he hit a dude going out of bounds this year that got a flag, like just things like that, that, you know, he could definitely control. But again, the intensity, you don't want to dial him back too much because you don't want him to lose that edge that he has. So you kind of deal with those things from time to time. It just depends on the situation. But at the end of the day, the dude's a dog, man. I love the way he plays. I love the energy and the confidence that he has. Like to say, this is my shit in the Alabama game, which he calls complete havoc. Like you can arguably say everybody says talks about Quinn Ewers in that game, which they should. But defensively, he was the player of the game easily. Jaron Thompson's pick and all like Anthony Hill's timely plays on Jalen Murrow in that game was huge. And again, if the horses didn't win that game, they wouldn't be in the position that they are in now. So yeah, he needs all the love that he's getting right now. And the scouts, I know linebackers aren't looked at like what they used to be. It's all about those edge rusher interior guys and cornerbacks. But, man, it's going to be hard not to take that dude high because when you whoever gets him, whatever GM's watching them now, they're going to get a special player. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the right call. Yeah, man. Zay Collier. Yeah, for the right call, let me tell you all about Covert BK, the family-owned auto group. If you're out on 35 and you start seeing the smoke coming under the hood or you try to make that right turn, you hear the all in the steering wheel and stuff, come on, man. Just go down to Covert BK and take care of that. Get you a new or pre-owned vehicle because you know they're reliable. They've been helping out the greater Austin area for over 100 years. So, Hell, you do something that long, you know it's good to go. Covert BK will hold you down. They have been providing high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles and the outstanding customer service. The customer satisfaction is grade A. You're going to get what you want with seven terrific brands to choose from. Dodge, Ram, Jeep, Chrysler, Cadillac, GMC, and Buick. From SUVs to cars, you want that two-door, that sunroof, you know, you can get some real clean. The rims are going to be on point. Check it out at Covert BK or go to CovertBK.com for all the latest specials and inventory. Nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. All right, Chip. Texas basketball has a big-time game tonight against Marquette. Shaka Smart. And that crew, hell of a team, man, which probably till now, this early part of December, they've had the toughest schedule. They've played their in-state rivals in Wisconsin where they lost. They've lost to Purdue, who's number one in the nation before they got beat. And they've beaten Kansas and they've beaten um, Illinois. So this team has been battle tested early and they're a hell of a team. 
You know, say what you want about Shaka Smart. I know the postseason is always going to define him like it defines a lot of these coaches. But this team, if things could go right and Shaka could get his shit together when it comes to scouting on, you know, Fridays to, you know, Sunday or Thursday to Saturday, the format that it usually is in the NCAA tournament, then again, this team, they could do something special. And it all starts with their guards. They got Cam Jones, one of my favorite players in college basketball. This dude has a little bit of James Harden in him. You'll see it with his finishes. He has a great right hand, even though he's a Southpaw guy. You know, he could shoot from the outside at times. So Tyrese Hunter, I expect that to be the matchup tonight. He really has to be locked in. And if you're Tyrese Hunter, you're going back home. Like, you're from the outskirts of Milwaukee. You're probably going to have a lot of kinfolk in the stands. So you want to show out. And certain guys, they play well under those circumstances. And some guys don't. Some guys struggle because that's just too much attention. You're worried about getting tickets for, you know, so-and-so. You're getting texted by your mama saying, oh, Uncle Antoine, he coming to the game. You haven't seen him in 10 years. Like, shit like that. There could be a lot of distraction if you're Tyrese Hunter. Hopefully this coaching staff and Ronnie Terry could deflect that from him so he could just focus on hoops because he'll most likely have the biggest matchup in the game trying to guard Cam Jones. And then they probably have the best draft prospect not named Dylan Mitchell in this game and also um, a diggy, a diggy Adaro. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I could have sworn Iggy Daro. That's his name. Also Iggy Daro. They're big man. 6'11, very skilled. Will dunk your ass. Watch that Purdue game during the Maui Invitational, and he had two nasty dunks. So he could be a problem. And then Tyler Kolick, their other guard, white dude, first team all Big East last year. He could stroke it. He does a good job getting to the lane. If Max Acemus is matched up with him, that could be a problem because Tyler Kolick, for a guard, he posts up really well. And he'll take you to the block and hit you with a little Tim Duncan shimmy and throw a jump hook over that right shoulder to the left hand. And Shaka and his coaching staff, they do a good job of putting their guards in situations to where everybody's cleared out and it's just them one-on-one in the paint. So the help defense has to be immaculate tonight. Dylan Mitchell, Brock Cunningham, Caden Shedrick, all those guys have to be very aware of whoever Max Acemus is guarding because the guard on Marquette, they're good enough to take him off the dribble, and they're big enough to get him in those mismatched situations. So, Max Acemus, he isn't a bad defender. He doesn't get beat or blown by, really. He's just small. You know, that's that's always going to be his problem just because guys shoot over him. So, help defense, that has to be at an all-time high, but yeah, if Marquette would have beaten Wisconsin on Saturday, I feel a lot better about this game. But the fact that they lost, they're eager to get back on the court. They want to avenge the last loss that they had, especially against a team that's their in-state rival. I expect you've seen Marquette's best game tonight. So Texas, Dylan DeSue, he's still out. I haven't heard anything on him. If that dude's able to, or excuse me, if the Horns are able to get the job done without him and Caden Shedrick could 
take advantage of Iggy Daro inside because they're just going to leave Caden Shedrick on the island when he gets the ball. People don't help on him due to how good the Horns can shoot from the outside. IT Horton shooting over 40% from three. Max Acemas, Tyrese Hunter, he can knock down shots from the outside too. So Caden Shedrick, if he has those one-on-one matchups, he has to win those, whether that's the jump hook, reverse pivoting, getting to a spin move or something like that, or getting to an old-school drop step, whatever. Caden Shedrick is going to have to have a big game tonight along with everybody else. So it's going to be a tough one. I'm not picking the horns to win this game. And again, that's fine. I'm not here to be a homer, even though I'm going for them. It's just Marquette. They're for real. They got guards other than Cam Jones and Tyler Cole that can get it done. And I think the horns having their first true road test of the season against a team that's pretty pissed off right now. It could get ugly. It could get ugly. It could be a double-digit win before you know it. So, Well, yeah. I thought that was going to be the case in the game with UConn and Texas was within four points, you know, uh, in, the, in the second half. To me, this is like a great opportunity. No one's expecting you to win. You've got Ace Miss. You've got Caden Shedrick. Um, you don't have Dylan DeZue, but I want to see want to see how good Texas's defense is in this game because you know this is you know Tyrese Hunter can guard Max Acemas. How do you how do you deal with him as a defender? How do they try? How does Marquette try to exploit him as a defender? Um, where's the help defense? I want to see, I just want to see Texas compete in this game. And what a great opportunity. You just listed off Marquette's resume. Man, if you could go in there, hang around, hang around, hang around, make something happen at the end. Man, that would be, talk about putting belief and confidence in your tank. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian was talking about that Alabama win and how that was their greatest source of confidence throughout the entire season, that that they could handle any situation. Man, go put some confidence in the tank tonight. You know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And CB asked, why did Shaka abandoned the havoc at Texas and you answered down there by him recruiting Jared Allen and Mo Bamba, which yeah, Shaka, he thought that, okay, I'm at Texas, so I'm going to get big time players. It doesn't matter how I coach. And that's not the case. Like you want to put your philosophy in whatever team that you have. I know you got to adapt to the personnel i understand that but there's only so much you can do to you know get out of your comfort zone to get results and have those results be victories and shaka he didn't get out of his comfort zone enough like jared allen and mo bamba those guys are in the nba i think they could play havoc too like they could play an intense type defense we just didn't see that here at texas and marquette 
they'll be intense, but they're not going to play that like full court pressing defense that you saw at VCU where they're trapping, you know, Shaka will run and jump every once in a while and his guards will pick up full court man and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's different. It's different when you get to the P5 level, well, P6 because the Big East, but it's it's different. You do have to adapt and have a certain style, and it just didn't work out for Shaka. But, yeah, man, you're right. They have a grand opportunity tonight. If they can hang around in this game, Dylan Mitchell, he's going to have to showcase that defense, man. Like, his help defense has to be huge because Max Aismas, he could get eaten alive. And especially against Tyler Kolek and Cam Jones, and they're gonna they're gonna look for him. That's what every team that plays Texas is gonna do. They're gonna find oh number three, who's who's he checking? All right, cool. Let's get into this pick and roll game. Hopefully, we have somebody that can shoot right over the top. Go back and look at that Wisconsin game. Like those guys were shooting right over the top of. Uh, Marquette the whole time and they were getting to the line they made 24 free throws Marquette only shot 14 so if you could get to the line if you're Texas and be the aggressor and knock down your free throws I like the horse chances but again that loss against Wisconsin that's what scares me the most like the Golden Eagles they have a lot of pride and losing to your in-state rival that wasn't ranked at the time now they are at 23 that's not good, Shaka. So, yeah, this team, Shaka wants this win bad. Why wouldn't he? And his team, they know that. They're going to play hard for him. They're back at home. That's going to be a good crowd tonight. Those Marquette fans, they love their basketball in that Wisconsin area. It's going to be a yeah, good atmosphere. This is, this is their sport. There is no football at Marquette. It is basketball, baby. This is their, this is their team. And you know, it's funny, Shaka, um, you know, took the Marquette job and Texas had its eyes on Beard. Shaka took took the job. He was encouraged to take the job. But it's a good fit for Shaka because Shaka was totally in over his head at Texas because the Jared Allen thing may have been the, in some ways, because he was using the full court pressure defense, and then he goes and brings in Jared Allen, who's an NBA guy who doesn't want to play full court pressing because that's not what they do in the NBA. So then Shaka's trying to teach himself how to be a half court coach with a big man. Whereas his team that went to the final four in 2011 was a bunch of six, eight guys, you know, six, seven guys. It was a great team and they could defend and they all could, you know, play that pressure defense and they had good shooters and Shaka, he did, he, you know, and Jared Allen's like Austin kid. So the pressure was on for him to recruit the Austin kid. I remember Shaka going over to St. Stephen's and like watching Jared Allen run around the track. I mean, it, it was like, I don't know. Shaka never got comfortable at Texas. And then the whole Mo Bamba thing. Remember when Mo Bamba's brother did the video from the poolside at the apartment complex in San Marcos? 
And he's basically saying that he took a bag of money (laughs) because Kentucky gave his brother a bag of money and they didn't get Mo Bamba. Yeah. So Mo Bamba's brother tried to do something to earn the money he got from Kentucky by outing Texas. The whole thing was just a mess. I'm sure Shaka was like, get me out of here. Yeah, Jared Allen's one of the best defenders in the NBA. You figure it out with him. Like, yeah. Shaka, I'm not trying to hear no excuse. That's bad coaching. That's why he got fired. You figure it out with him. You figure it out with Mo Bamba. You have to win more than one March game with those type of guys on your squad. Like, it's just, there's no excuses for that. And he couldn't do it. And you're right, Marquette is a better fit for him because as much as they love their basketball there it's still a little under the radar like it's not a blue blood it's not a duke it's not a ucla it's not a kentucky so losing in the second round last year wasn't that bad like nobody's really talking about it except for texas people because we've seen it before so they win the Big East last year, yet losing the second round. The Big East was the best conference last year. They had UConn. They have UConn, excuse me, who won the whole thing. I want to say like three Big East teams went to the Sweet 16, maybe more. And Shaka, they weren't one of them. So, like, you could be a regular season coach and do well and be a good recruiter. But, but that's why I'm giving Sark a huge advantage over Kalen DeBoer. Because, again, Sark's been here before. He's gone through this process of the 15 practices and stuff. So you think about the NCAA tournament where you play on Thursday and then you have a quick turnaround playing on Saturday and around the 32 or however far you go. Like, that's what keeps happening. And your coaching staff and yourself, they have to figure out a game plan basically the next night on an inferior opponent. Like, that's difficult to do, and some guys are better than others. It just is what it is. So, I mean, I wish Shaka the best. You know, that hair is still fried. He needs to – he doesn't know what to do with it. That's what that looks like. It looks like he doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know if he should shave it. He doesn't know if he should line it up. It looks toe up. It looks toe up. That little baby pro for his beige self, it looks toe up. We need to do something about that, but – Shaka's past will meet his present tonight, 7 o'clock on FS1. All right, let's bring in Megan and Rocky because it's time to fire the cannon, kids. What's going on? Uh-oh. Oh, you're Michael, muted. Muted. Uh-oh. Something's wrong. Something's wrong? Yep. Something's wrong? BK. Uh-oh. Help. You can't unmute? Uh-oh. I don't know what to do. It says I can't unmute them. They've got to unmute themselves. They can't unmute themselves. Will y'all leave and come back in? Okay. I've got power. I don't have that much power. <laughs> I can't mute and unmute people. That's some Bruce Almighty stuff right there. <laughs> Man, Russo Body, what a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. 